this is the non-microwave truth and i'm co whiteside thanks for joining me today i want to start off by sharing a little secret with y'all and that secret is not what co stands for but the secret is this i think it would be really cool to be an underwear model now i haven't done anything to try to pursue this but i do think it would be very cool and some of my friends are probably like, well, that's kind of obvious. You never wear a shirt or you never have on a shirt. And that's partially true. But that's just because I'm hot. And like, I don't mean like I'm hot and tempting, like no hot boy summer for me. I mean, like I'm literally hot, like my temperature is usually hot. It's, it's elevated. But I do think that would be cool. And I guess maybe that's why I work out, keep the body in shape, keep it tight, keep it right. But I always thought that'd be cool. Underwear model. Now, something that I did misspeak about or I misspoke was I think I made it seem like on one of the episodes that all of the Baker Squares have been canceled. I was talking about how much I love pecan pie. Someone corrected me on that. I guess that's just a Milwaukee area, Wisconsin thing. But what I need from you, and I really would appreciate this feedback, is tell me about a place in the Milwaukee area that has phenomenal pies, pecan pie in particular. I would love to know. Remember, my handle is championlife23, Instagram or Twitter. Also, a friend called me out about Batman because I think I made it seem like Batman was inspired by his family. And he, he was, but it was more so about protecting his community, which was Gotham City. And Gotham City pretty much became his, his family then. All right, let's get into our first world problem today. Remember, a first world problem is not something that is serious it's not something that's going to determine heaven or hell. It's just something that I'm curious about. And I am back to Adam and Eve. Now, what age do you think would be equivalent for God creating Adam and Eve? Like, what age were they at when he created them? Like, my guess is it wasn't like the age of five or six. This is what I think. You got to let me know what you think. I'm thinking that when God created them, Adam and Eve, if they were walking around in this world today, would have been like 21 years old, right when they first got created. That's just my guess. I don't, I don't have any rhyme or reason behind that. Some people might think um, younger. Some people might think older. But what, what do you think? Now, this is the real first world problem that I'm thinking about, though. How good looking did Adam and Eve have to be? They were perfect. They were absolutely perfect. Like we see certain people and like, ooh, she is gorgeous. Or man, that man is handsome. But they were literally perfect. So how good looking do you think Adam and Eve were? Like they had to be a dime, right? And for those who don't know what a dime is, that means a 10 out of 10. I don't know why we do that with people, but we do rank them. He's a 7 out of 10. She's a 9 out of 10. Or were Adam and Eve actually funny looking? Because they did have all that DNA ethnicity wrapped up in them. Like if they were in today's world, I could see them being asked all the time. What are you? Like, what's your ethnicity? And they would have been able to answer, I'm Asian, Hispanic, nomadic, black, white, Native American. They were literally everything. And they probably would have got that question all of the time. But let me know what you think, man. Were Adam and Eve just perfect looking, gorgeous and handsome? Or were they just typical looking people? And also, let me know, if Adam and Eve were just created and they were walking around the world today, what age would they look like? Like, would they look like a 21-year-old, a 15-year-old, or a 40-year-old? Let me know what you think. And this is our first world problem.
honey, the food is ready. It's dinner time. The title of our episode today is Who Influences Who? Now, this is an episode literally for everyone. But I especially want you to put yourself in one of these positions, though, because this is especially for people who have influence, consider themselves leaders or mentors. And it's also vitally important for those who are looking for mentors and just people in general understanding how they can be influenced and not even know it. Now, I want you to listen to this statement. I am a leader. I am a mentor. I have influence. Now, how many of you feel like that? And that's not even you being cocky. That's just being real. And the first thing I want to get at with leaders and mentors is this. We have to be very careful about the information that we share with others, or especially the people that we have influence on. And this is what I mean. And this is this is what made me think about this is how many athletes and different students that that I deal with. And I became very conscious of people are listening and watching you more than you may ever think. And I realized that I used to joke around with my players or my athletes and students, you know, about being a being a player. And when I really start to get to know them and you ask them certain questions, I realized that only a few of them could name good or healthy relationships. And some of them couldn't even name one. So when I'm joking around with them about being a player, what type of influence and effect and effect am I having on them? The world and society already tells them that relationships really don't work, let alone marriage or being a one man, one woman type of person. So what type of influence am I having on them when I'm joking around with them about being a, a player? And that just makes me conscious of all the things that I, I say to them. And I think at times as leaders, we have to be very careful about sharing information that is wrong with them or things that I will flat out say are a sin. So not a mistake like, hey, I I missed a shot and we lost the game. I'm talking about things that deliberately go against God's word. And one of my athletes really made me think about this. He was like, coach, you make it seem like you never did any wrong. And it's like, no, I've done a lot of wrong. But I realize when I'm talking about wrong, and let's just use that word, sin especially, I have to make sure that if I tell you about the sin that I did, the thing that I did wrong, I have to have time to tell you the consequences and how I regret that or how I would have moved differently. Because plenty of people talk about things they did wrong, but they make it seem like it's cool. And what happens when you do that and you just talk about your wrong and you almost joke around about it or you make it seem like it's not that big of a deal, people start to think that they can do wrong and they also can get the stuff that you have. Or they also can have the same success you have. And it's like people mention the wrong that they do all the time, but they don't talk about the consequences or how that made their journey have to change and they had to take a detour. They just throw that wrong out there sometimes or even laugh and joke about it. And that sends people off big time. Now, if you are in a position of influence and we all are in some capacity, if you want to be good at it, then you have to be aware of the sins you share and how you're presenting them. How you present them is everything. And on this episode of Who Influences Who, I just want to share some observations that I've made. And this comes from just having a lot of different conversations and being in a space with a lot of different people and and types of people, I should say. And you start listening to people and you're just like, oh, my goodness, where in the world did you get this from? Because you are flat out wrong. 
And how many people get sent off by leaders and mentors that tell them something that's wrong and make it seem like it's cool? And I just want to highlight some of those places that that can happen. Like I already mentioned from coaches to athletes, but then think about places that are, I don't even know what to call these, but like the nail shop, the eyebrow shop. Is there an eyebrow shop? The beauty salon. Yeah, those type of places where you might be sitting in there and someone starts going off on a rant or starts sharing about how their man did something wrong and they responded by slashing a person's tires or a dude was treating them wrong. So they went on social media and exposed them and they got the results that they wanted. But it's like you really are just teaching someone how to be toxic. And you might not feel like that has any influence on you. But what you start to think is like this is normal and it normalizes the things that you do that are wrong because you're saying like I'm not as bad as this person. And we don't even know unconsciously or subconsciously that that's affecting us a lot of times. Or how about the barbershop is another place. And how many times I hear uh, men come back with different things from the barbershop and I'm just like, man, that's wrong. Like there's no other way to put it. And you can leave these type of places thinking, well, this is how all men act or this is how all women act. And that's exactly what the world wants you to do. It wants you to microwave that and think that this is normal and this is the convenient and easy way to do a lot of things. And another place I want to highlight is just when you feel like someone has success that you don't necessarily have and you want to learn from them to 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 make your craft better. If they start telling you things that are wrong, you start to think that those wrong things might be propelling them to the top. You want to be a D1 athlete, you find out that all the D1 athletes that you look up to smoke. What are you thinking you got to do then? You want to be successful at your job, you find out that everyone on your job is having an affair. And what does that have to do with work? Not a thing. Or how about that person that you think is so cool because they get so many likes and they seem to get so much attention and clout and they almost getting subscribers and money from commercial ads and they have wads of money. They seem like they're living the best life. Most of their pictures are in a bikini or they're smoking or drinking and partying. What are you thinking you need to do? Especially since you think this is real and there are no consequences to the things that they are doing. And I do want to highlight or point out something, especially for those who read the Bible. If you look at the Apostle Paul, what makes him special and unique is the fact that he had tons of mishaps and misfortunes and, and sins before he converted over and became one of the greatest apostles. And what makes him unique and the good leader that I'm talking about is that he explains his mess ups and his sins and he explains the consequence and how he has changed and he consistently and continuously battles with those different things. That's the sign of a great leader. That's the sign of a, a great mentor who's not going to take the, the things that they did and make it appear light or try to joke about it or, or send you off to thinking that there was no consequence to it. And I know you've heard this a lot, and I know there are a bunch of things out there about or talk about the company that you keep. But I don't think we talk enough about this next point that I'm about to make. Now, let me think about how I'm going to say this. Absolutely, the company that you keep matters. But sometimes it's not even the company. It's just you. Like you are the problem. And I, I hear parents and people say a lot of times like, you know, I was around the wrong people or I was just in the wrong crowd. And sometimes I'm like, it's not the crowd. It's, it's actually you. Like you are the ringleader. 
And I know this is an excuse that that's easy for us to use. It's easy to blame someone else or to blame a group of people and say that we got influenced by them. But sometimes we have to just be real with ourselves and say, like, man, I was the person who was leading this mess. And I'm going to share with you a story from college where I was the bad leader. Like, I was the person sending people off. And I don't think I necessarily knew it at the time, but I, I definitely was. And I had a relationship with God. And other people also knew that. And I coined this phrase that was, hey, but I ain't Jesus. And what I meant by that is I was trying to give myself a pass to do sin or do wrong because of the simple fact that I'm not Jesus. And we all know Jesus is perfect. But I was just saying in my head, like, hey, if the women after me, I'm going to try not to, but hey, I ain't Jesus. Or if we get on the spades table, and you get mad and start talking crazy, I'm going to try to respond smoothly. But hey, I ain't Jesus. And I didn't use this phrase all the time, but I can almost guarantee my roommates heard me say it before. And that's too many people right there. And I just had to be real with myself and realize like I was the, the Thanos of that group. And the passage that jumped out to me when I was putting this together comes from 1 Corinthians 10 verse 23. And this is the fact that I knew that I had freedom because of the fact that I'm a child of God. And Paul, Paul reminds me, he says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And then I also was just thinking like, man, I was being a stumbling block to, to other people. And he mentioned this too. This is 1 Corinthians 10 verse 32. It says, do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews Greeks or the church of God. I'm a person of influence. I'm influencing them in the wrong direction. If you know better, you do better. But not all people do. And here I am playing with the wrong thing. That's a perfect example of being a leader in the wrong direction. Now, this last type of influence or mentors I want to talk about is, is kind of what we just got done talking about is those religious people. We talked about coaches, uh, barbershop, talked about the beauty salons, you know, people that are successful or, or people that seem to be cool. But I thought that religious people, and I put air quotes on that, that are people that claim to be in, their in the church almost needed like their own category. And I talked about me joking around with the phrase, you know, like, hey, I ain't Jesus. But when we examine this and we look at this, the, the title of Christian is controversial because it is. And when you call yourself being in a church or a Christian, you give and you give people ungodly advice or you just tell them about your sins and you leave it at that. It's like five times as bad as the random dude in the barbershop or the person who posts on social media or the friend that they even talk to all the time and tells them what they would do in their position. <laughs> and you notice those usually are the people who are never in your position. But but why is that so um, deadly? Why is it so deadly if a person who claims that they're in the church or a religious person does this? And it's so deadly because most people partially know the Bible. And this is where they come up with the, the church is full of hypocrites. And why would I want to be associated with the fake or the half Christians who don't practice what they preach? I don't get that point completely, but I know that that's a point that people make. And that's why we miss out on that group, not to mention that's usually the group that doesn't want to be called out on their mess too. 
And they look at it like, if you're not making a change or you're only making a half change, I might as well stay the same. And then you have an entire different group that takes with someone who is in the church or so-called religious. And those are the type of people that take what that person is saying as if God is saying it. And that's not fair, but that's what they're doing. And they really see nothing wrong with it, it being whatever you told them. And what happens is they end up in a spiritual car crash and some don't even know how they got there. And they've totaled something and something could be a relationship. Something could be an opportunity. Something could be time that they never got back. Something could literally be their health and them forfeiting real peace. And people hold that against the church big time. So my encouragement for people who do want to strengthen their faith, but are new, and this is a turnoff for you, keep searching for the right church. This is like buying a house. You need to find the right agent. You need to find the right area. You need to know what you're looking for in a home, or I should say in this case, a church. So how do you find the right mentors or know what advice or counsel you should use? Like this is everything. And I think the first thing is you just have to realize your mentor or influences area strength. Like you might not be able to use them for everything. You might be able to talk to them about business, but you might not be able to take relationship advice from them. You might be able to talk to them about your craft, but you can do without their philosophy or advice about, hey, do whatever you want with your body because this works for me. And sometimes you just got to realize maybe your coach should just be your coach. Maybe your beautician should just be your beautician. Now, this is one, too. Maybe your mom or dad needs you to show them. So that person that you should be getting mentored from sometimes needs you to show influence to them. And, yeah, I know that's backwards, but, but that's real. Then I think we also have to just understand that all men or women have flaws and they all have or will do something that will let you down. This is people in the church and this is people outside of the church. And this is the key. The Bible should be your number one mentor or your number one influence or your number one leader. Like it keeps you knowing what's real. It keeps you knowing what's right and what's wrong. And God communicates and talks to you through it. Like once you get to know what, what wrong is and the person you're asking advice for or just sometimes people like to offer advice and they're glorifying wrong or glorifying sin, you're going to be able to know that. Like it's easy to point out. And then you can ask them the consequences of what happened or or what they are. And you'll be amazed at how many don't even think that there's a consequence to what they're doing or think that they've actually gotten away with it. And you know what? Sometimes things take years to come out or stick their ugly face out the window. So if they tell you there's no consequence, that's a whole lie. They might not even realize that they're not even in the same piece in the same space. And that consequence hasn't showed its ugly face in the most ugly possible way yet. And let's transition to how would you give sound advice? And I'm not talking about things that don't matter like shoes. Well, I guess shoes might matter to you or hairstyles, but I'm talking about things that actually matter like job placement, uh, picking a major, who are you going to have in your circle, those type of things. And I think Migo said it best. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. People will see what you do just as much, if not more, than what you say. And you don't necessarily need to start off with like, hey, if I was you, because you aren't me and, and I'm not you. It's about basing that, that counsel and advice off the good book, the good book being the Bible. 
and and not my feelings. Like I can share with someone that, hey, I understand why you feel that way. In fact, I feel this way too, but this is not best for you. I just think about it. she comes to me, someone comes to me and says, hey, he cheated on me. So I feel like I have one cheat in me. I understand why you think that. I understand why you feel that. But like, nah, that's not the best. That's not the best thing that you should be doing. Right there, that's the easy part. Like, that's the easy, convenient part. That's the microwave and the truth. That's the like, hey, you got at least one or two crazy things you can do. They cheated on you. They treated you this way. Yeah, go ahead and do that. But like, that's not best. And the non-microwave truth is, is basing it off the Bible. And I'm automatically thinking about like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, live by the sword, die by the sword. The non-microwave truth is understanding that in that moment, that might feel best. But that's not what you want in the long run. That's only going to damage you more and make that wound or scar worse and infected. Like, that's not what you want to do at all. I should say do it all if you want to heal or take the right steps to going in the direction that you really want to go in ultimately. And whether it's people coming to me asking for advice about pursuing a new job, uh, picking a major, getting a certain type of notoriety, I am always trying to base that off. What does the Bible say? What is your purpose? How is God trying to use you? And a question I oftentimes like to ask people, and I think you almost have to ask people is, have you prayed about it? Because I want to guide them and I want to push them to look at God and focus on him to get the most clear and precise answers that they possibly can have. And the last thing I want to leave you with on this episode of who is influencing who is just understand that we are all some type of leader or influence in some form of or some capacity. And there's no better manual on how to lead or how to use your influence than the Bible. The Bible gives you the non-microwave truth. It's giving you the best truth. And just be conscious of the, the counsel and the advice that you get. Like you need to cross-reference that against the good book, the good book being the Bible. Because a lot of times people don't want to send you off. That's not their intention. They really mean no harm. But they actually are having you go in the opposite direction and causing you a spiritual crash or some spiritual harm and physical harm, mental harm. That you, that you don't even know or realize at times. So really use the Bible to be the number one counselor and, and the source. And when those people do sometimes give you that, that bad counsel, that bad advice, you don't necessarily want to crucify them, but you do want to challenge them. You do want to help them out. You do want to pray for them. And you want to ask them those tough questions so that they can start to see that what they're telling you or what they have been doing has some type of consequence to it. We all do need mentors. We all do need uh, counsel. We do need friends. But just understand their areas of strength and understand their areas of strength are real. And they're all human, though. And every leader, every mentor, every friend has flaws and they have a skeleton in the closet. And I, and I do as well. And if they can admit that and they can break that down and you can learn from that, that is awesome. But remember, there is only one mentor, there's only one counselor, there's only one influence that you can bank on 100% to never steer you wrong. And that's the influence of Jesus Christ and the word that he gives us in the Bible. So your number one mentor, your number one influence should be Jesus. That's the only one you can count on 100%. That's it. And that is the non-microwave truth. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of them, hit the five star and leave a quick review. That would be major love. And, you know, to the people that have contacted me, it's been that's been hilarious. That's been fun. People who have written reviews, um, share this with someone else. I appreciate that for real. 
like that's that's very humbling it's it's a blessing and i have truly enjoyed getting in the word and seeing how relatable and how this still applies to today's world so thank you like thank you and may y'all be blessed tremendously in the name of jesus hallelujah and this is the non-microwave truth peace punch captain crunch say no to drugs and yes to jesus i am out